Today, your doctors of the demented take you on a journey of passion and unrelenting desires to achieve an objective bound to the betterment of mankind. Join us as the Something Perplexing podcast takes a look at some mad scientists. I'm Issa. I'm Patty. I'm Khaled. You guys um, want to see this? Check it out. Look, I, I don't think I show you this. I'll One of my favorite you, things. What it is that? Like a teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? That's what yeah. I thought too. Is it is a teenage mutant ninja? Is Raphael? But what oh. is he? He is a uh, DJ. What is he? Frankenstein. Uh, Frankenstein. Oh, cute! Nice. Ninja Turtle Frankenstein. That's cute. I like that. 40s horror movies is one of my favorite things. That that whole um genre, the black and white horror movies, and the Frankenstein one was awesome. They're making a new Frankenstein. You heard uh, Guillermo del Toro? Really? It's uh, Jacob Elordi. You know who that is from no. Euphoria, the tall guy that he's in? He played Elvis and Priscilla. No? Oh. Uh, oh. What else he's been in? Saltburn. Uh, did you see Saltburn? The yes. tall guy in Saltburn. He's very uh, tall. Oh, the tall one. Yeah. That, does he die in the Saltburn? I haven't seen it, so don't spoil yeah, it. I, I have it on my uh, watch list. <laughs> uh, dies. Okay, good. So him, he plays him, um, and who else is in it? I forgot who else is in it, but yeah, you didn't. It's you didn't, write, you didn't write something on uh, Lisa Frankenstein. The movie no. I didn't. Lisa I just Frankenstein going to be coming out soon. Though. I want to see it. Yeah. And oh. Poor Things. You saw Poor Things, Khalid, right? Poor Things. It's kind of Frankenstein-y. It is. It is so freaking good. Yeah, I want to see it. <laughs> I had loved the Frankenstein that Kenneth Brahma did. Remember that one? Robert De Niro was Frankenstein monster and Kenneth Brahma was oh, uh, wow. Victor Frankenstein. Yeah, I I saw a movie so long ago, yeah. I watched that last year for Halloween, dude. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. where's it streaming? Do you know? I have no idea. I think I just like, I like uh, to rewatch it, DVR it, or record it on some mm-hmm. station that it was showing on. The Mary Shelley's of- Frankenstein, right? That's yes. Like- that was the epitome of a mad scientist, dude. He was so, mm-hmm. so consumed by life, by bringing life to the dead. My favorite Frankenstein movie would have to be Young Frankenstein. Oh, that's a good one. I like Young, Young Frankenstein, Frankenstein is the best. Yeah. You guys, what 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 mad scientists you could think of in movies besides Frankenstein, though? Because I have one that I love that, like, when I had see it, I hate this lady, and she to me is a mad scientist on the same level as Frankenstein. Bill Nye, the science guy, he's crazy. Oh, but in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> um, in movies. In movies. In movies. Mad scientists in movies. Outside of uh, one Victor Frankenstein. Do doctors count? Yeah, doctors count. The human centipede is the one that comes to mind to me. Oh, shit. Forget right about that, right? Hell yeah. Oh, God, yeah. But I can't... Um... Would those guys from the TV, the, the movie um, Hostel, mm. be considered scientists? Because, you know, they're experimenting on bodies. No, that was, they, they didn't have no. like, a, I feel like they didn't have a, a, a scientific purpose. <laughs> you know, they just, it was just fucking with, with the dad. They just eye. wanted to, yeah, they just wanted yeah. to like do creepy things. 
But science, baby, science, science. I don't know if you guys remember this old Josh Dumel movie uh, called Touristas, right? Touristas was Josh Dumel and and it had like a different name when it come out in the States, but it was uh, Josh Dumel and his sister and he was in this uh, island exploring the backwoods of it. And this guy, this doctor, was basically kidnapping tourists and using them for body parts and selling the body parts on the black market. It was so good. I'd love I that believe, one, man. I can't believe I've never seen this, honestly. Seems like something I would watch. I can't believe you guys. I, I'm pretty sure you, you see Teresa's, man. I'll tell you that you might like it, but the critical consensus is that it's a terrible movie. Uh, it has a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, Teresa's? Is that called classic? Though? Yeah, it's, I, love it's, a, it's good. I love a bad horror movie, though. Like, I love a bad horror movie. It's gross. Yeah. It's super gross. Um, yeah. And then you guys remember that one? Patty, I don't know if you see this one. Deep Blue Sea. Is it Deep Blue Sea? The one with um, Sam Jackson, LL Cool J. No, I've not seen that. Jane Wilde. N- not Jane Wilde. Thomas Jane. It was a shock movie. And uh, spoilers. A shark eat Sam Jackson like 10 minutes into it. Uh-huh. But they had like this doctor and the whole reason the sharks was going crazy is because the doctor objective was to cure Alzheimer's. And because her granddaddy wow. or somebody died from Alzheimer's. Okay. Yeah, they, they, she wanted to <laughs> cure Alzheimer's, right? And they had like this particular type of um, chemical in the, the shark brain that if they had like get the chemical from the shark brain, they could use that to help with the Alzheimer's cure. So she was like breeding and creating these mega dangerous, massive sharks. And the sharks was again, super intelligent. And Thomas Jane was like the shark wrangler. And he was like, oh man, I got wrangle these crazy sharks but again really smart you gotta stop That's this is madness. True story. madness no this is madness scientist lady but that's all she had care about just curing alzheimer's and because of that she created killer sharks thomas jane had to take care of that shit okay. and ll cool j Ooh. i mean i'm glad ll cool j was there well I was yeah. I just looked up Frankenstein movies and I realized that my favorite Frankenstein movie is not Young Frankenstein. That is a close second, but my favorite Frankenstein movie is Frank and Hooker. Ooh, it's a good one. Sure. You guys it's should watch it. Okay. Oh, it's, it's streaming. I looked it up. I was like, I'm gonna have to tell more it's streaming because this is a movie you guys wait. have to watch. It's on TV for where... free. <laughs> is he, is he it's on Pluto on TV. TV. It's not a he, it's a she. It's on Peacock. Uh-oh. And it's on freebie. I mean, the, the the world is your oyster. You guys watch this movie. It's hilarious. It's this guy and his girlfriend dies and he rebuilds her from prostitute, blown up prostitute parts. And it's just it's like iconic on every kind of level. It is not good. Don't actually it's be- it has a higher Rotten Tomatoes score than Teresa's. It has a 60, but it probably has a 60 percent just based off the camp. Um, Please watch it. Oh, I'm yeah, looking at this over. right now. Frank and Hooker. So just by the, the tagline alone have me uh, sold a terrifying tale of sluts and bolts. 
Damn. Boom. Bloods and bolts. It's what you want in life. Frank and hooker. Frank and hooker, oh, you yeah. guys. Like, please. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna rewatch it tonight for fun. Okay. I'm gonna watch it's it. So tonight. good. How old is that movie? Early 90s. 1990, dude. Yeah. Perfect. Not that bad. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Before you, put guys. It, before you couldn't make a movie called Frankenhooker. <laughs> Imagine 1990 was like two, two years ago. Dude, oh, it's insane. Okay. 34 years ago, if you want to. 34 years. Yeah, if you want to make it right. Crap, We're man. so old. I'm going to need a drink. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. I have one. I was going to mention Doc Brown, but you know, Frankenhooker took the cake. You know where two Doc Brown is? Doc Brown Doc is Brown, a mad scientist, dude. Michael J. Fox? Yeah, yeah. Back to the back Future, to- man. Oh, yes, duh. But that's like a good mad scientist. He's a good man scientist, but he could have destroyed the time. He could have. The time channel. He could have destroyed a lot of shit. But he didn't. (laughs) He did save things, I guess. I guess he do save enough stuff. Doesn't he look like the cartoon character uh, Rickett from Rick and Morty? He does. He also looks like one of the characters from Taxi. I'm just kidding. Oh, (laughs) Because he is. (laughs) I've been watching Taxi, so it's fresh in my mind. So was the um I want to kick this off because Patty yeah. is going to cover somebody in terms of like mad scientists that's so mad and so crazy. Um, yeah. I can't wait to hear about this. Yes, yeah, you too. can. I coming in blind. Yes, good, good. Let's do good. this. All right, who's going first? You um, want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Mine I mean, is probably, probably the longest. Oh, love it. It's probably the longest. I have a lot of notes. Honestly, this could have been this guy could have been a whole episode. So I like cut it down. I tried to cut it down as much as I possibly could um, without taking out any of the important significant stuff. But his name is Shiro Ishii. And Shiro Ishii was a Japanese microbiologist and army medical officer who was the director of Unit 731. Do you guys know what Unit 731 is? No, no clue. Okay, so Unit 731 is a biological warfare unit of the Imperial Japanese Army. So Unit 731 conducted biological and chemical weapon research and development, as well as human experimentation during World War II. Ishii and his unit were responsible for the deaths of thousands of people. So it's estimated that anywhere from 3,000, this is a very broad range, to 250,000. And that included prisoners of war and civilians. So let's talk a little bit about Ishii's. Do you guys want me to call him by his first name or by his last name? Do you prefer Shiro or Ishii? Whichever one you want, whichever one you want. I wrote Ishii in my notes. I wrote Ishii in my notes. Well, wait, but wait. So we talking, so he was like the head of this biological group that was part of the Japanese or the Chinese army in World War, Japanese army in World War II. Correct. Okay. All right. Right. So Ishii was born in 1892, and I'm going to slaughter some of these words, and I apologize, in Chiba Prefecture in Japan. His family was very wealthy. They were established. They were landowners, which at the time was a huge deal. They had slaves, uh, like the works, right? So he had a very privileged childhood. At school, surprise. He wasn't the most liked by other students. They described him 
from what I read, as brash, abrasive, and arrogant. But here's another surprise. The teachers really did like him because Ishii was very smart and he was a good student. He had um, what one of the websites, and we'll have all the sources. I looked through quite a bit of things, so we'll have them. But one of them said that he had an ultra-nationalistic desire to be in the military. Now, Ishii was a tall man. He was six feet tall. So this desire to be in the military totally made sense just because that's not the average height of a Japanese man at all. He was very tall, striking. Uh, we'll put a, I'll put a picture up on the thing so everybody can see what he looked like. Now, for some context, just about World War II, and I am not a World War II expert, so if you guys want to kick in, if you know anything about this, you can. But during World War II, there was a Japanese occupation throughout most of Asia. Japanese troops massacred many thousands of civilians. Okay. Anything you guys want to add about that? I don't know too much about it. Yeah, Khalid. I know, I know before World War, was it one or two? There were years <laughs> before the Japanese had invaded yes. China. And like, they were like. And the, the Philippines to a couple of countries, I think. But China was a big, big one. Uh, and the unit, which, well, let me let me get there. So back to in 1920, he graduates from Kyoto Imperial University with a degree in medicine. And less than a month after graduating, 20 year old Ishii begins his military training as a probation officer in the third regiment of the Imperial Guard Division. Now, he ends up going through the ranks and he's eventually appointed head of what they called the Anti-Epidemic Water Supply and Purification Bureau which was a bullshit-ass title, and that's what ends up being called Unit 731 in 1932. So Unit 731 was located in Pingfang, Manchuria, which is in China. It's now called Changchun, China. Whoa, Changchun, China. Yes. And <laughs> it's because they had occupied parts of China, and this was one of those parts that they had. And the reason that he chooses to do this in this part of China, which was like a rural area in China, is because there was really no way that the things that he wanted to do, he could have done in Japan proper. So during the time, both the United States and Great Britain tested biological weapons during World War II. But obviously, for ethical reasons, these tests were done on animals. They would not use human subjects. But... Ishii was like, hold my beer, here I come, we're going to do this. And he did it. And uh, he was a big advocate for Japan developing biological weapons, yes. I mean, so I'm looking up right now more about like the Japanese in World War II. And this one catch my eye, this little line. Mm -hmm. According to the 2002 International Symposium of the Crimes of the Bacteriological Warfare, Warfare, the number of people killed in Far East Asia by Japanese germ warfare and human experiments were estimated to be around 588,000 people. The members of it's Unit... Daughter. Yeah, the, and they took, the, apparently Unit 731, dude. General Shiro Ishii received mm -hmm. immunity from no, General... No, no, Okay, all right, all right. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Sorry. So... <laughs> Under the wow. leadership, yeah, under leadership of commanding officer and Dr. Ishii Shiro, Unit 731 had a large staff of scientists and doctors, and they had a large prisoner population that was used for human exper experimentation. So this unit conducted research on a variety of biological and chemical weapons, 
And that included things like anthrax, the plague, cholera, and I don't know what this is, but but botulinum toxin. You guys know what that is? Botulism? I guess that's what it is. I don't know. So Ishii and his unit would expose prisoners to deadly diseases and they would perform vivisections on them. Do you guys know what a vivisection is? Does it involve cutting? Yeah. For bits and pieces for the women? It says a vivisection. This is how it's described by the dictionary is described as the practice of performing operations on live animals. So in definition, I guess it's on animals, but he was doing it on humans for the purpose of experimentation or scientific research. So he would perform these vivisections on them, him and his people, to test the effects of chemical weapons. The prisoners were often tortured and killed after the experiments were over. So Unit 731's prisoners included Chinese patriots, nearby civilians, Russians, and allied prisoners of war. There were men, there were women, there were children. This guy did not give a fuck. He was like, all of them. We'll take them all. We're going to do what we have to do. Um. As an army doctor, one of his primary goals was the development of battlefield treatment techniques that he could use on Japanese troops. So he wanted to learn just how much the human body could handle, and he would run these tests by simulating real-world conditions. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Some prisoners were placed in pressure chambers until their eyes popped out so that they could demonstrate how much pressure the human body could withstand. Some prisoners were injected with seawater to see if it could work as a replacement for saline solution. And this last one, while it was not pioneered by Ishii, but instead a unit 731 physiologist named Yoshimura Hisado, there was also a frostbite test where they would subject the victims to freezing temperatures. And once these victims had frostbite, which, by the way, they would know they had frostbite because apparently when you would hit it, it would sound like a board, like you were hitting a board. That's how they knew, oh, this person has frostbite. They would cut off their limbs, whatever limb had frostbite, they would cut it off. No anesthesia, you guys, to run tests on the limbs. Now, terrible. I know. But they actually came up with something from this. They actually found that. Prior to this, I guess they thought frostbite treatment was to rub the area, like to warm it down. But the best treatment they discovered through these tests was immersing that part in water a bit warmer than 100 degrees Fahrenheit, but never hotter than 122 degrees Fahrenheit. So something actually came of this. Hmm. Ishii would also disperse diseases to see how they would affect the body. Oftentimes, he would give these people the diseases and kill them. The disease wouldn't kill them. He would not him literally, but his people would kill him. So that they could do autopsies to see the progress that it was making through the body at any given point. Inside the camp, prisoners infected with syphilis were forced to have sex with other prisoners who weren't infected. So that way he could see the disease right from the start. He knew like, okay, well, this person has syphilis and they're going to give it to this person. Things are bad. He's not just doing things inside the camp. This is where I feel like it gets, I mean, it's bad, but this is where I'm like, this guy is just like, whoa. Outside the camp, he would give, um, oh, well, inside the camp, he would give prisoners like dumplings and food that were injected with typhoid and then release them so that they could spread the disease. So this would go outside of the camp. It wasn't just inside the camp. This was like bad. They would also give the Japanese army, they would give them, I don't know how they would give them these things, but things that had typhoid 
cholera, the plague, and dysentery bacteria for battlefield use, so use in actual fighting. He would pass out chocolates filled with anthrax to local children, you guys. And these are people that are, this is a war-ridden country. They're starving. And so they weren't like, oh, I wonder where this chocolate came from. They were like, oh, these soldiers are nice. Let me take this chocolate and eat it. And so he was doing this to children. He would also see the reaction of the anthrax. He would use air raids. Well, his people would use air raids like and he would drop things like wheat and rice balls. And those things were infected with deadly diseases. He would I don't know how to describe this. He would have like flea bombs. So they would be like made out of like ceramic and they would have fleas inside that were it was like a big explosion it was like a smaller bomb and he would drop them and then the fleas would disperse and bite people and give them diseases yeah um that's crazy so his master plan was called operation cherry blossoms at night and it was intended to use these things against the united states what ends up happening is that doesn't end up happening because the atomic bomb happened before any of this could be carried out and the war ends up being finished. That's the what reason, America does. I just say don't, okay. don't play. Don't play. Don't come well, with your fleas well, and shit. Well, hold America on. will blow. Hold It'll on. blow shit up. Hold on. So how people know that out. these things were going on is that a lot of the people that were working under him said that they were being forced to do these things. Like if they weren't doing these things, they would get killed. Like it was known, like you're going to comply with what they're saying or you're going to die. So you have to do these things. But also in 1934, there was a prisoner rebellion. And what ends up happening is some of the prisoners and some of the soldiers end up having a party for the mid autumn festival. I don't know what that is. And they're like drinking. So these prisoners are like, these dudes are drunk. Let's take advantage. And I think it was something like 15 or 16 prisoners end up escaping. And that's the reason that people even know that this was going on. Ishii and Unit 731 were never prosecuted for their crimes. In fact, not only was they not prosecuted, he was paid. He was granted immunity from prosecution by the United States in exchange for his research data. I read that he ended up giving about 80% of his research data to the United States and apparently 20% ends up going with him to his grave. He ended up dying in 1959. This the United States has been slammed for this. They're like, oh, they're covering up war crimes, which they absolutely did. And so they were offering these people, him and the Imperior, the Imperior at the time was Imperial Hirohito. They were granting them, they granted them immunity. He ends up going and hiding at some point, but then they offered him immunity. And that's what it is. And he died in 1959, a free man. And I'm pretty sure wealthy because I read somewhere, I didn't put it in my notes, but I read somewhere that he got compensation, I guess, from the Japanese army for his work. So, yeah, that's my dude. It's crazy, Patty. Chiro Ishii. I can't believe we've never heard of this guy, you guys. Never heard of him. I'm surprised that he lived the rest of his life, just died of natural causes, I, I would assume. See what he died of. Probably one of his own diseases. I'm thinking. No, he just chilling out. Chilling out disease. Yeah. But like the uh, remember the Nazi doctor that the one that was Hitler. He's compared. He's compared to this guy a lot. Yeah, that's what I I read. Is this guy's worse? It's Joseph 
what's his name? Joseph Mengele? Yeah. Mengele or something like that. Yeah, right? him. He's compared to him a lot, but from the accounts I read, like Shiro Ishii takes the cake. Like he's worse. I wonder if they killed him with his own disease to keep him quiet, you know. Yeah, Joseph Mengele. Oh, he was actually 67. He died in, I'm sorry, he died in 1959 at 67. Not He was not 59. Um, And let's see why he ends up dying. He got off easy. Oh, did he ever? Can you imagine? Yeah, but that's the same thing with uh, the doctor that the Joseph uh, Mengele, right? He, he was, he died at 67 in Brazil. Laryngeal cancer is what Shiro Ishii had. Dude. That's crazy. That's a crazy story, Patty. Yeah. Like you said, I'm surprised I haven't heard about this guy before. It had something that I was familiar with, right? And I had sent it to you guys like way back because I thought it was like super interesting. But he was basically a part of this um, something called the Nanjing Massacre. Mm -hmm. And... It was just under the same emperor at the time that mm-hmm. he was working for, and it was just this real savage incident that take place uh, against the Chinese people. And there's, there's, there's a lot I read, and I didn't put it in there because I couldn't verify it. But I read on another thing, and it wasn't like a super trustworthy website, so I was like, I don't know. But I read that he would have, he would get women on the like that were being held prison. He would get them pregnant on purpose and then like let's say at three months kill them just to see what was going on with the child with the baby with the fetus inside he would do that the the frostbite thing i read somewhere that the youngest victim of that incident was a three-year-old child this guy's just like the most vile of all human beings it's a shame he got off so easy yeah it's infuriating i mean war is terrible in every which way like it's it's yeah. disgusting and it's gross, but this is like he really. It honestly, it also like kind of reminds me of like why you should get vaccinated. <laughs> but it's like any dude. fucking maniac could release a disease through flicks, through ticks or fleas, and then flicks through fleas or ticks, and then you're fucked. But yeah, a question I had: mm-hmm. the scientists that conducted the experiment in in Germany against the German population, the the Europeans. Mm-hmm. What was his uh, his outcome of his uh, experimentation? What, did he get immunity also, or did he get charged with a war crime? No, I believe the Nazis all got charged with war, war crimes. And um, where I'm going here with this is because he committed the act against Chinese, they're like an inferior race in everybody else's eyes, so the Americans don't care about you killing Chinese and prisoners. Well, we don't know about that stuff, whatever. So, you know. Race issues is, is my thought right here. They yeah. Yeah. Killed. Mm-hmm. 10,000 people. Dude. Disgusting. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. I see what you're talking about there. Yeah. That's crazy. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Because like is. Yeah. It's exactly what you're saying. But that's slavery too, right? Yeah. I just I'm surprised he hasn't that hasn't gotten as much attention as. And all stuff should get attention, right? Like all these horrific things should get attention. But this was like a big deal, dude. 350,000 people is a lot of people. Like oh. it's a whole ass country. You know what I mean? There's countries that have less people in it than 350,000. And it, I, did, I did not know about it. You guys didn't know about it. And I feel like you guys, I'm like history dumb, but I feel like you guys are into this kind of stuff and you didn't know about it. So it's like, obviously people are not talking about it. 
No, but uh, if you look at it, like what you're describing is something that's like a footnote of the massacres that take place in World War Two and during that time. Frame. Right. Right. So because it had like so much debt and so much destruction around about that time, uh, imagine that's how bad that shit that period was. Dude, but under him, three up to three hundred fifty thousand people. I think it's yeah, a, we don't know about it because the United States, we live in the United States and they don't want us to know about it because it's a stain on them. And they don't put it in history books. They yeah. look like they did something with the Holocaust and Nazis so that they talk about that. A nauseum because they helped but they don't talk about this or what they did and i mean we know that we live in florida for fuck's sake you know so we know that they yeah. hide history to make themselves look good but i just think it's wild like like yeah, wild. No. agreed man a hundred percent it heartbreaking too because three hundred thousand people and was this dude's objective it was like to create like japan yeah to protect yeah. japan and create more impactful biological weapons I mean, if he creates something he creates something different like he had any results he did before he all was this minus. before all this he had a purif- he created some kind of a purification system that's why they end up calling the unit which is a bullshit ass name the anti-epidemic water supply and purification bureau because before this he had created i didn't even go into it because it's so irrelevant but he had created. But from this, what came out of this? Apparently, stuff came out of it, dude, because he, the United States, found the information worthy enough to give him immunity. To, yeah, and, and to take keep this up so data. something. That's what I mean. Like something, yeah. he do something that they probably still using in terms of he produced some type of biological weapon that's still in use or still being developed or still being processed. It had to have some biological weapon that in play right now that that he responsible for. Yeah, right. They learned something from him, but they should have kept him as a prisoner and you know taken in to exploit him. He needed. Yeah, right. Border borders ass. Get the information. But you know, I don't know. I wonder. The, um, I don't know. That's a crazy thing. Because <laughs> he crossed all ethical lines. That's something they wouldn't press on too much because, like, again, whatever they find out from that guy and whatever they learn from him, they'll keep it down low. Okay. It's hard enough. It's hard enough for them to accept. Like, and I don't know if this guy would be considered like a mad scientist, but he was a Nazi scientist, right? No, he's or, a mad scientist. No, no, if he's this a guy, Nazi Ishii. scientist. No, no, no. no. Oh, she is a mad scientist. This guy was this. Uh, I forget his name. Shit, we gotta find that guy. No, but I'm saying if he's a <laughs> if he's a doctor or something, then yeah, he's yeah. A, he's a. I mean, there was mad scientists that I saw. Like I told you guys, there was one that I saw. Like his contribution was ex- He ended up dying. I don't remember what he created, but the reason they considered him a mad scientist was his personal life. And I was like, I mean, I don't give a fuck. Like if you want to have orgies, well, who the what do I care? Like have your orgies. So, mad scientists, just for the record, doesn't all have to be like like bad, right? I guess. Well, and, and this guy, I got his name, Werner von Braun. Uh-huh. He was like this Nazi scientist that used to work with rockets, dude. They take him, they give him immunity. They had him work on the first um, rocket that went to the moon. I mean, like, I don't know how yeah. Nazi he was. I don't know if he was super Nazi or just slightly Nazi or just hanging out with the Nazis, but... No, he was a member. Part... He was a member yeah. of the Nazi party. Yeah. Say it, if you remember it, it's an issue. 
Yeah, he was experimenting on science rockets and all that. He wasn't experimenting yeah, he, on people. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't experimenting yeah. on people. That's the only difference, right? Yeah. He was just... Yeah. But this guy, old Ishi, was doing human trials, dude. I feel like back in those times, it was a free-for-all. They say like scientists were like doing crazy things just to make some progression. They were stealing bodies, killing people, whatever they can to do experiments on people just to and and sad to say we're benefiting from that today because of those experiments yeah. back then. So after World War One, a bunch of countries came together and they signed a pact that they wouldn't, just so you guys know, experiment. It wasn't just unethical, it was illegal. Experiment on people. So his emperor willingly allowed him to do this, knowing like I'm violating this pact or whatever. I don't know the exact wording for it. But yeah, no, definitely we're benefiting science, from it. Yeah. Science experiments. Yeah. Th there was another scientist that we're, I'm not going to cover today, but that he had to come up with a law, an anatomy law of 1832, because he was, there was a hard time getting bodies to do experiments on. So uh -huh. he, he, two guys were killing people for him to bring him bodies so that he could experiment on them. And then he was caught eventually. Good old Robert Knox. He's, it's another story for that one. But dude, mm -hmm. back in those days, yeah, did what they had to do. Yeah. Sad. Well, Patty, that was that was a crazy even story. even even before those days, even before those days, like this guy, Stubbins for Furt. Stubbins for Furt. Stubbins for Furt. Stubbins for Furt. When you talk about mad Furt. scientists, this guy between um he died around his name is Stubbins. Stubbins for his Furt. Mom hated him. Stubbins. Dude, Stubbins. You can imagine this poor dude. Stubbins. Salem, New Jersey. Oh, yeah, mom didn't like him at all. American, no. right? American yeah. doctor, Salem, New Jersey. Um, he was at the University of Pennsylvania in 1801. In his third year of medical school, he began to investigate the causes and communicability of yellow fever. The virus was a deadly constant in tropical areas, but occasionally appeared in colder cities. A 1793 outbreak in Philadelphia apparently killed several thousand people. The causes of yellow fever at the time were unknown, but the most popular theory propagated by prominent physician Benjamin Rush suggested that it was spread by Maisama or bad air. Bad air? Bad air. However, for Furt, Stubbins, he wasn't having it. Stubbins. And he claimed, He's yeah, stubborn. yeah, old Stubbins. He had concluded that um, it was true bodily fluid and excrements, particularly uh, vomit, that it was spreading. And you know how uh, Stubbins? I think I like where this is going. <laughs> you know Stubbins? Um, Stubbins figured this out. How did he figure it out, dude? His first trials involved oh, feeding oh. or injecting animals with black vomit. Harvested from the bedsides of dying yellow fever patients. Well, okay. So first theory, experiment one. This is from his journal. A small dog was confined in a room and fed upon bread soaked in the black vomit. At the, exp at the expiration of three days, he became so fond of it that he would eat the injected matter without the bread. What is black vomit? 
Apparently, it's vomit from people that got yellow fever. Oh, I was like, do you have to eat a lot of licorice? No, no, no. no. There, maybe. No, it's about, yeah, 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 yeah. Got some blood, probably some blood in there. Fafit also tried other methods of infecting dogs and cats again without. No. Uh, yeah, definitive results. One dog died ten minutes after having an ounce of vomit injected into its jugular vein, while others remained healthy. After five inconclusive experiments, Fafert stopped working with animals and began working on himself. Well, okay. Let's hear. October 4th, 1802. I made an incision in my left arm, midway between the elbow and the wrist, so as to draw a few drops of blood. Into the incision, I introduced some fresh black vomit. Slight degree of inflammation ensued which entirely subsided in three days. And the, wo- the wound healed up very readily. Apparently, he would um, cut himself, pack the wounds with vomit. Of no! dying yellow fever. No, yeah. No, so no, he would cut no, himself no, no, and no. just like stick the, um, yeah, stick the trap inside of the wounds. Lid. Okay. Okay. So I, I did a, a search on <laughs> what black vomit is. It, is this coffee ground emesis or vomitus? Is vomit that looks like coffee grounds. It's dark brown or black in color with lumpy texture. Oh, Khaled, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Old and coagulated <laughs> blood in your gastrointestinal <laughs> tract. It's a sign of internal bleeding. <laughs> Lovely. Vomitus. Vomitus, Khaled. Vomitus. Vomitus. Okay, well, that wasn't gross. If you compare it to what I'm going to say, he did next. <laughs> For his third experiment, he fried up three ounces of vomit in a pan and inhaled the steam. Next, he constructed his own vomit sauna. Yes, a vomit sauna sitting at length in a small closet with six ounces of steaming vomit. Fafert eventually cut to the chase and decided to take his black vomit directly from his journal. After repeating the last two experiments several times and with precisely the same results, I took half an ounce of the black vomit immediately immediately after it was injected from a patient. Oh, sorry, ejected from a patient and diluting it with an ounce and a half of water and I swallowed it. The taste was very slightly acid. It neither produced nausea or pain. My pulse, which was beating 76 in a minute, moderately strong and full was not altered either in force or frequency no more effects was produced than if i had taken the water alone i need you guys to stop saying vomit i am about to throw up (laughs) like i want to die right now like i'm like oh my god stop saying vomit and say like uh they vomitus instead no i'm kidding go ahead this is so disgusting you guys yeah no I, I good. I think that's a wrap. That was the last one. That uh, yeah, when he started drinking, he vomit. Thank God. Okay, last one. Okay. okay. Oh my God. Okay. Well, continue, bro. <laughs> no, I, I mean like that's it. it, it that's it's it. a wrap. So did yeah. he die? I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about vomit. Right. Did you know, die? dude. I don't think he died from these creepy experiments. He do because I was like, man. Wow. After the vomit thing. The biology, I was like, do I want to read more about Mr. Fafert? 
Oh my god, we need to put a disclaimer on this episode. What was his purpose? You know, he was like trying to figure vomit. out. <laughs> yeah, right. He's one of those guys. <laughs> Threw up on me. Oh, Stubbins for fart. I think he was genuine, genuinely trying to like, um, trying to figure out how die, uh, how he could best fight yellow fever. But the um. The most notable thing about him was the unusual ways he was trying to do these things. And he wasn't hiding it from anybody, dude. He was going to the doctors directly and being writing journals and shit and saying, hey, guys, I, I, I doing a, a vomit sauna. And I just breathe yeah. it in the, the cool, sweet steam of the vomit. Dude, that bro must not have any, like, scent glands or something. <sighs> Something's off dude. with him. I just well, saying, like, you think he had science. a woman, like, after that day? Like, he was going home to his woman and being like, oh, hey, how are you doing, girl? It's your fine self. I just drank some vomit. Hey, his <laughs> how you feel about that? Let's make out with my so, vomit mouth. So. You you know about golden showers, but do you know about Roman showers? Roman, Roman? showers? No. No. The sexual arousal from vomiting. Oh. oh being vomited like on or watching others vomit. That's what he had. Oh, that's gross. Hemophilia is its scientific name. Ew. Wow. I bet you. I like was reading about um, Winnie Middle. Uh, yeah, I just die. saying one of the things that they accusing Vincent Man on, he was shagging a girl with another dude, and he poop on the girl. And then, what is that? <laughs> I don't know, but it had poop involved, and it was a sexual thing. And then he like. Went and take a shower and then come back and do more shagging. It was, yeah. it was, it was savage, dude. And they threw that out there. What? <sighs> All right, nice. I, I didn't get, it, I didn't get, but from Fafford, cool. I didn't get any sexual intentions no. on what he no. was doing. No, mm. they wouldn't put it, it in the paper. Feel... But maybe, maybe <laughs> you think he was like putting vomit in his wounds and sitting in the vomit sauna and just had like a massive than... erection anytime <laughs> and he was just like well there we go could have been his lubrication you know just saying oh dude can't go in dry oh bro yeah oh, i mean so, there you go so for the whoever leftover uh let's listeners drink we this have, coffee i know for real like this, Whenever, this like, is a episode yeah. those two <laughs> listeners still listening and didn't cut off you know i got another another scientist Mad scientist. Yeah. Wait, is yours? Does yours include bodily fluids? Mm, wait, wait, yes, it does. Oh no! Let's do it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Psychic Patty. So let me let me let me start off, guys. <laughs> um, do you guys can can you think of any odd animals out there in nature that are like? If you think of an odd animal, what would you think of? Like you a, know, go- wow, a goat. Made that. I think goats wear hard bark. Hard bark. Hard bark. Hard bark. Okay. I was thinking platypus. Like, what the fuck is that? You know, web feet, beak, beaver looking thing. It's mm-hmm. a mix, like a mix of things. So it's a mix of things. It's pretty gross. So my guy, my guy, mm-hmm. his name is Ilya Ivanov. Ivanov. I V A N O V. I said it right when I was getting his name before, but here now I'm like, I don't know. Ilya, Ilya. Ivanov. So he's a Russian scientist, right? He was born July 20th, 1870. Died at a nice ripe old age of, um, I don't know how old, like, don't do math. 
March 20th, 1932. So he lived a long life and he lived through one of the wars, right? So Ivan Ilya was a scientist and guess what he dealt in? Um, Something to do with a platypus. Yeah. Not HIV. Not (laughs) HIV. I know. But he was into interspecific hibernization and artificial insemination. So So interbreeding? Interbreeding. So like like pinned gorilla sperm in a chicken or something? Yes, Issa. It's on the nose, bro. But, you know, you have to have species that are similarly related. So they have to have something in common to breed together. So you can't put a chicken together with a monkey. You know, you're going to have to have some kind of relation. So I'm going to give you a couple words. I'm going to throw it out to you. And tell me if tell me if these two animals will mix, all right? Oh, okay. quiz, Ooh. quiz I time. A cat and a dog will that mix? No, no, it won't. A a uh, a zebra and a donkey. Yes. Uh, maybe. I gotta maybe. go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Patty's okay. a maybe. She's in between. You're so. Smart. That is a yes. It's called a a a z donk. A z donk. Wow. A z donk. Yes. It's a hybrid. Yeah. Okay. How about a um a bird and a mouse? Bird no, and a mouse. no, I gotta go no with that. No, not that uh, one. A bison and a cow. Yes. 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 It's called a zebron. A zebron. For real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A a a guinea pig and a rabbit. Yes. I gotta go no. Guinea pig and a rabbit. And a rabbit. I gotta say no. Uh, it's a yes, and I don't have. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. A mouse and a go. rat. A yes? yes. Yes. I don't know. Wow. How about um, a monkey a and a human? Uh, uh, did he go monkey uh, human, dude? I'm going to go yes. Mm, no, but I think. I'm going to go no, because I feel like there would be a bunch going around. Right. So uh, it, it would be, I'd have to sadly say it's a possible no. But uh, that's what our boy is known for. His involvement in trying to breed an army for the Russian people, Russian army. He was trying to build a Russian army of hybrid human monkey because monkeys are our closest relatives. We're like 99% related to monkey. Yeah. So he was trying to breed. So much better than your vomit story is, uh huh? Bro, no, but this bro. dude was trying to make a man monkey army. That's what you said for the Russians. Trying to make a man monkey army. <laughs> Russia gave him ten thousand dollars. Guess how much that is worth today? Uh, In nineteen thirty-two, a shitload of Nineteen twenties, nineteen twenties now. Point eight million. Close. It's a price is right. What's your estimation? Uh, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go Google ten grand. No, you gotta, go, you gotta guess. You gotta uh, guess. guess. Uh, we'll chat um, GPT in here, bro. I'll go 500,000. I'll go half a million. Patty wins. Yeah. Really? Five million. Yeah. Oh, no. Actually, if we're going by prices right, I lose because I went over. So it's a one. Even though I was really? closer. Yeah. You, can go, you can't go over? Yeah. You can't go over. Oh, go it's over a win. So, right. so you get, you get well, to play the game. I win. Okay. All right, cool. So the, our boy, he tries to make these hybridized individuals. First, he started off with some monkeys, inseminated three female chimpanzees with human sperm. And guess what happens? Uh, they died. Mm-mm. Uh, they... They had a man monkey baby? 
Dann fahre ich in die War. Ich muss die Option sehr nötig sein. Ich bin dead und ich bin geboren, aber ich höre die Rule out. Ich bin nicht da. Ich bin nicht da. Ich bin nicht da. Ich bin nicht da. Ich bin nicht Ovulation, the timing, and He's all that. He's a dumb man. He was a dumb He's man. He's like yeah. a very shitty scientist, dude. He was learning. He was He's learning. like, oh, what if I mix tequila and vodka? <laughs> That's my kind of science. I have a baby. Let's <laughs> put <laughs> this monkey sperm. Uh, so oh, nothing this monkey sperm. We're gonna do this monkey sperm, guys. Yeah, and he was doing all of this stuff in French Guyana. All right. Whose sperm was it? Oh, he got the sperm from a thirty-year-old local. In French Guyana. Oh, okay. All right. So the problem happened when he decided to, to since it didn't work with inseminating the female monkey, he decided to inseminate a female human. Human. With monkey sperm. Chimpanzee sperm. Yes. Okay. And, and when, what? Sorry. Huh? So many questions. Yeah. A woman was like, sure, get me knocked up with a chimpanzee baby in my belly. I'd love to give birth to a baby. Ch I mean, I would love to give birth to a baby cat. But oh, it's a little weird. Yeah. I know. That'd be cool. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? I'm glad we're closing the episode out with this. This is fun. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Um, So he tries. It's French Guyana now. So I'm pretty sure the rules aren't, you know, he can do whatever he wants. He's a white guy. That's what sure. he wants. French Guyana. That's a French Guyana rule. Right? It's like, you know. Yeah. So the lady's like, yeah, yeah. Knock me up, bro. But then French authority, the Guyana people, they, they heard about this and like, no, 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 no. None of that. Get out of here, Russian. So he went back to Russia. And in Russia, they're like, yeah, why not? Come on in. Let's do it to our people. So he was able to inseminate his woman over there with the sperm. But eventually the people found out. And then the, I guess the czar at the time had some thing against scientists and didn't like them anymore. So they kind of like, he wasn't able to continue with his experimentation. But... Mm. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm pretty sure he may have continued after all of this to do shit, but I don't know. I have no idea. But he was cut short, so we weren't able to get the hybrid human ape species to come about. Just. Right? Just. But I'm pretty sure that that something would have stuck either way you go. But you know, the war, the Planet of the Apes didn't happen for us. Mm -mm. Sad to say. This what would guy. you get? Would you get a? Would you get a monkey with a? human mind or a human with a monkey mind and not as you know you know strong. and it would be called a human z human z okay chimpanzee i love it human z i didn't know that that is and just mind-blowing that the government of russia was like let's give this guy a forum to work let's let's fund this shit right let's get these uh let's get this monkey man army yeah, because you could combine like a horse and a donkey, right? It's kind of mm -hmm. hard. Like a male horse, I mean, a female horse, a male horse can inseminate a female donkey, but to get it the other way around, the male horse to get the the male horse to get the 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 male donkey to get the female horse is kind of like you know height difference. But any of those animals come out uh, sterile; they can't reproduce on their own. <laughs> Visual, I can't. You got me like right. print shit in my head reach. right now, dude. I, like I don't want to. I'm not gonna Google it, it, but I'm curious. I actually, actually, I had don't want to Google it. I don't think we should Google it. No, I had we a should friend not. In 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 high from high school, that that was uh -huh. her job to ejaculate oh the horse to get the sperm. 
Oh, where did yeah. she work? What do you I mean that was her like job? Scientist. That was her job. That's a job, dude. Exactly. No, no, it's in, her after after oh, high school. Oh, I was after <laughs> high school or college. That was like a college. I liked her. She was cute. Yeah. She, she knew her way around a horse. She worked her way around a horse. Imagine her boyfriend or husband now. I was <laughs> saying, if there's one thing you guys don't know about Uncle Khalid, is in comparison to a horse. Gross, gross. That was her thing, <laughs> dude. Wow. Right? Imagine how many ejaculations yeah. he had to do to get sperm from the animals to do this. Our boy uh, Ilya was doing a lot of, you know, masturbatory activities. Masturbatory, activity. masturbatory activities. I think I just came up with that word. That's I don't fantastic. Know. Maybe. He was doing it? Why not? How do scientists get the sperm? They got to do it somehow. Just saying. Wow. Well, uh, or I, I, I don't know. Give me a lot to process today. This particular yeah. uh, topic was thoroughly entertaining. It Patricia. Was. I enjoyed it. Way more, wow. way more. There was also a hybridization of an antelope and a cow. And something came out of it. Huh. What? Um, what does yeah. that look like? I don't know. Let me see. I didn't even check it out. Are you talking about mechanics? How are antelope? <laughs> I looked up cantaloupe. <laughs> Oh, yeah, antelope and the cow with a shag, dude. But that would be a perfect name for it, a cantaloupe. Oh, <laughs> my God. Well, technically, they don't need... It's called a bovid. Ooh. Oh, um, an antelope. There's a lot of these cattle hybrids, you guys. Bovine hybrid? I don't know. Cantaloupe, antelope, sheep, and goats. Bovi- bovine? Bovine. Yeah, bovine. it's bovine. Mm-hmm. Mm, lovely. This look like a bison, dude. This don't look weird or anything. The Takin? It's called the Takin, right? Takin? You see what happens when man gets involved in God's activities? You know, he did the platypus for us, but we wanted more. We, we, wanted we, more. we didn't think it was enough. No. You wanted a mixed cow with a zebra look to it, you know? Yeah. Well. Stuff. Well. well. And that's how you have the chupacabra today, guys. Just saying. Well. Crazy-ass creatures out there. We don't know. With that, I'm going to say, check out the Instagram. <laughs> Let's see what we come Hit up with. Hit us up on the Insta. Check out the Twitter. Let us know what you guys think about mad scientists that we didn't touch on. Because it had like a bunch of other scientists that we could have touched on. But we are stretching out the time. And it have so much happiness for people to swallow on this one. So with that said, Patty, any closing thoughts on mad scientists? No, go touch grass. Go touch grass. I love that. Touch grass. Mm. Pet your dog. Pet your cat. Pet your pet rat. I don't care. Pet something. Avoid drinking vomit. Oh my God. Do not drink vomit. Do not put it in a cot. Just stay away from it. I'll taste my kid vomit though. You would? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he had no choice in that. Like... I probably did. Like, just to check to see if it have, like, acid and stuff like that in it. And if it is an acidity. This is just foodie. No lie, I see bro. My, I see my no uncles foodie. do it, too. And they were like doctors, dude. And they'd, like, dip their finger in the vomit and taste Wait, it to see if it was, like... Lies. Like I said. It's, it's holding his kid up over his head and playing, eh, woo, woo, and then, blah. That's yeah. how you got the taste of it. 
<laughs> yeah, What's that called? What kind of shower is that? Projectile. I'll be. Yeah. <laughs> that's sad. Oh, my goodness. Again, check out the Instagram. Bye. Oh. And we'll be talking to you soon. Bye. See ya. Bye. Oh. Bye.